0: Flying field at Bosco, China starts the greatest news story since the World War. Here, Robert Conway, Great Britain's strong man of the East, soldier.
1: Kylie, why did you ask us to watch this movie?
2: So, I am a big fan of Frank Capra's. It happened one night, and somewhere along the line, I've heard of this odd film about like this odd fantasy movie that he had made and was very passionate about. And I was in a record store. And came across a DVD copy of it for about $4. I couldn't find it anywhere online. I was like, this seems, I, I have to get it. Because it's $4 and it's like this lost film that they don't print anymore. And so I bought it. And I watched it. And there was a lot there. And then I researched stuff about it. And there was even more there. And I was like, well, I've got to talk about this with someone. <laughs> I can't just. Well, let, let me it.
1: tell you. Let me tell you, after seeing it, I understand why it was $4. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Code Unknown, where we explore the movies that seem to adjust drifted out of history. I'm Alan Geis.
0: I'm Charlie McCoy.
2: And I'm Kylie Black.
1: Joining us from his Italian lakeside villa is Gardner
3: Reed. How are you, good sir? Oh, good sir. You honor me with that title. I'm doing well. The sun is fair and the air is warm and ready for the good discourse ahead.
1: <laughs> I love to hear it. This week, we're talking about the man that gave us It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, Frank Capra in his 1937 movie, Lost Horizon. A
0: plane crash delivers a group of people to a secluded land of Shangri-La, but it is really the miraculous utopia it appears to be.
1: Here on Code Unknown, we try to, no matter what type of movie it is, it's it's wacky and stuff. Sure, we have a good time, we have fun, and, and we can point out silly things, but... We, we want to have some good discourse, right? And, and, and be able to really dissect it and such. And guys, I got to say, this movie was fucking boring and I didn't like it at all.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm exactly. on that plane too. Yeah, seconded. Haha, plane. We're on the old net. Um, <laughs> I second that as so well. We're all, yeah, no, I second that. The feeling is very much alive.
2: <laughs> it's so, boring, but fascinating. Yeah, exactly. It,
3: yeah. So it does not start
1: off. Well, at all. I'm going to talk about a revelation I had about how this is definitely the source material for the TV show Lost, a a program I'm very passionate about. The movie starts off with talking about how the British who have invaded China are being like kicked out by rebels. I love how they don't paint it that way, and the British are the heroes. They're like those pesky, you know, revolutionists, whatever. And uh, they make (laughs) <laughs> they make mention of that little chicken farm for a utopia, which I thought was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And the 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 opening plot, I, I mean, this was a thing oh God, back then, yeah. right? Every movie back then told you the beginning of the movie with like text at the beginning. It was like with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, or like a book. <laughs> and so they specify like, here's the plot gang. There's a 90 white people that need saving. They say, they say 90 <laughs> yeah, white, people.
3: white people, why? Because what this 30s, is a sign right? of the times. It's the '30s, baby. Like it's yeah. just that—that that is, it's—it's it's a film of its time. Like deep down, was there was—it was either that or like '90, excellent, you know, members of the British Order or something. You know, it was just yeah. to them it was common,
2: which is basically code for white people. Yeah,
3: That's what
2: for <laughs> because oh, they're not oh, all yeah. British, but they can't say British because not all of them are British.
1: I yeah. now understand why right. they say that little chicken farm because they're all white. Get
3: it? Yeah. I,
1: don't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't get any either. I don't, I'm just. Did I? Did I get this movie? No. <laughs> so
2: the white people get away. Yeah, we're on left with one plane, which, mm-hmm. with five people on it. Them. More people could
0: have fit on that plane.
1: Can people,
3: I? Just, people, yeah. I know. Literally. It's not
0: that they could. Have, it's that they didn't want them there. It's like,
1: dude, I don't um, want to like share my seat with to, someone, or or like the mini bar, Like, fuck all these people.
3: There's more have to like save the that. old Asian man. They like kick him off. Like, yeah, they could have, They let that one guy who's like, oh, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an, I'm a subject of the royal crown or something of the British <laughs> order. Let me on. Don't like, let these the heathens. Fuck out. Yeah, like
1: I have. I made that note too, Gardner. He says heathens, heathens, they're just people trying to survive, (sighs) not to get bombed.
3: Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, they're not violent, they're just like, help us, help us.
3: Oh, this is so fucked up. I can't, but then later, like five minutes in,
2: yeah. The other guy, the foreign sec, um, why can't I remember his name? The foreign secretary, our protagonist. Um,
1: that's how uninteresting it is. You don't remember his name,
2: Rob. I feel like it's Rob. Um, it's Rob. He's like robber or something he, he's like talking about oh the poor natives that are left there to fend for themselves and it's like how generous of him to be a little bit empathetic how kind for him to be yeah it, it's just it starts off it just gets worse too it's not
1: let me know what you guys think about this hot take discount clark gable our protagonist
3: there
2: yeah
3: yeah, yeah. very heavy Yeah, vibes
2: are there. Uh, That was the other thing, dude. Did you notice that he's British, but his brother is not?
0: Yeah, we. Yeah, what? What's that about?
2: He doesn't even. It's like he's sort of trying to do a British accent, but then he's failing completely.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. This is my American brother.
1: Well, George. thats I heard that's where 20 Christopher 20, Nolan 20. and his brother got the inspiration. Like, you be British, oh, I won't yeah. be. Well,
2: because Ronald Coleman's like 40 I, I Googled every his ages after we watched this. But Ronald Coleman's like 45, and his mm. brother's like 24 or something.
1: Jesus. Our, uh, our resident age expert, Kylie Black, <laughs> once again <laughs> killing it.
3: Thank uh-huh. you, Kylie. You know what, you know what they could have done? This could have been like, he tried to do a British accent, but it was so atrocious. They were all just like, you can't even do like good a, by 30 standards. Yeah. Like Kevin Coster and Prince of Thieves, they're just like, okay, we're just gonna oh, give sure. up on your British we're gonna, give up on, we're gonna give up on your British accents. Like this movie was the prototype. Wait, wait. So are you saying
1: he did um oh what's that movie where someone did that as well? Was it Patricia Arquette in a movie? No, no, it was um no, uh.
0: Oh, uh, it'll come back to me. There's a movie. I oh, watched it, Devil's Advocate last night, and K- Keanu goes in and out of an Alabama accent <laughs> the whole movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember. It was Kate Winslet in the in the Jobs movie, and she's like, she has an accent for you know how it's split into like three parts. She mm-hmm. has an accent in the first part, and it's gone. But and for parts two and three, that so might make
0: sense though, because she's lived in a place for like twenty years. Oh. I could you, maybe you could justify that.
1: Okay, well I, I do not think of it like that. What are we talking about? Oh, the, oh this movie,
0: this. yeah.
1: We're talking about oh. accents.
2: Yeah, the accent. Ke- Kevin, one's British and one's American and one's twenty years yeah. old.
1: So, my question is, guys, this is now the Prince of Thieves podcast episode. So, just <laughs> buckle in. So, are you telling me I've never seen it that Kevin Costner is British for a
3: part of the movie and then he's not? No, not even. They just like oh. it's just they they tried, gotcha. but like everybody was like, this ain't working. This ain't cutting it. This is it's not. Famously, so really like, bad. Yeah, this oh, wow. is really bad. So they're just like, okay, you're up. Just speak uh, like Kevin Costner.
1: Yeah, just be, and everyone around you will be British. It'll, it'll be So
3: I, But I mean, I, I think noticed, like for, yeah, here we go. Oh, no, go ahead. I'll Go ahead. I was going to say for like his brother though, in Back to Lost Horizon, was that like his accent to me and maybe everybody else in the 30s, everybody had kind of a universal, almost different accent. So like everybody could think like, oh, it could, there's just slight variations. But for me, it was, I almost was like, they're still so bland, so I'm like, how do I tell them apart?
1: Look, yeah. I apologize for anyone that tuned in to listen about Lost Horizon, but I want to bring <laughs> up Stanley Kubrick's Path of, Path of Glory if we're talking about accents. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that they're French and they're about as American as ever. What's up Kurt with Kurt
3: Douglas, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's an American playing? Yeah, no, it's, it, I feel the same way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, they just keep referring to, them to the French, and I'm like, is something wrong with me? Like, why... <laughs>
0: Uh, I noticed Alan. Okay. you, the only guy I recognized in this movie was Thomas Mitchell. And you also had the same revelation. Yes, yes He's Thomas. Doc Boone in Stagecoach. He's
1: mm-hmm. in Stagecoach. He's in another plain movie. Only Angels Have Wings. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I know him as like the that guy of the 30s yeah. and 40s. Like he's
0: that yeah. guy. He's a great actor. He's probably one of my favorite parts of this movie. He has a funny scene where like it's revealed that he's um, a big con man. And the other guy on the, the paleontologist happened to be a guy who bought 500 chairs from him and got swindled, like out of everyone in the world.
1: You know, that's what people did back then. They sold uh, they sold fake chairs, chairs or, or they promised <laughs> chairs, and they didn't deliver
0: them. Yeah, why do you think the them? Great Depression
3: happened? Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> There was a big promise of chairs. They never came. The country's in a depression.
2: You know, that's ironic, because I didn't know who Thomas Mitchell was, but the other guy, I don't know his name, but the other guy that's the... Uh, paleontologist that's the only one that i knew and i know what, him from like
1: interesting blackface.
2: he's oh. in like a lot of the ginger um rogers fred astaire movies oh like in every mm. single one of them and a lot
1: of other things interesting even the one um oh come on what's that what's that famous one where they're in the dance studio what can i remember the name swing time Everybody. swing time hey what about when fred astaire did blackface in that movie oh god Okay,
3: there was one thing too like there was surprisingly a little bit amount. I think it was only towards the end there was like a little bit of yellow face, but for the most part like they yeah. didn't go like full racist. Like I thought they It were. was there. I was no, I thought
2: I think there I think there was a scene that they did, but oh. it was just they lost it. Cuz if you look, mm. look at the production still
3: time was like, like yeah. if you look <laughs> time at pulled the one favor. Scene
2: where they're like walking through the this is going way ahead, but if you look at the one scene where they're supposed to be walking through the village, the paleontologists and, and Thomas Mitchell, they're uh <laughs> you can see a production still the, the the women like of the village and it it doesn't.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're zooming exactly in on
2: her. Don't look. They don't look like they're. They look yeah, like. they're,
3: women. they're, they're white. Women. They look like yeah. white people playing Native Americans playing indigenous oh my Tibetan yes. people. Yeah. Like it looks goodness. so bad.
2: Like they're like, probably all like Italian or something. Do you know what I mean? Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole yeah. The whole I'm not white. I'm <laughs> Italian. Crowd really feels represented.
1: <laughs> I I gotta say. Are we if we're talking about Yellowface, um, the guy that was like the llama, the person that's like the prophet of this place is a is an American, is a white dude. Mm-hmm. No, it's
3: Belgian. And they were like the oh. worst. They were like the worst colonizers. He's oh. Belgian. I, I like I couldn't no. like I couldn't crack up I mean, hearing that.
2: Yeah, it's just so the whole thing is just so ridiculous too because it's like they get to this Shangri-La place they know that they've been kidnapped or at least like the two like the brothers figured <laughs> out and the younger brother's like what the fuck is going on? like we need to get out of here now and Ronald coleman's like eh huh? it's quite yeah. pretty here
0: the brother like, was like he's kidnapped just kidnapped yeah. us
2: and brought us like to <laughs> the middle of nowhere and he's like this is nice though it looks pretty maybe we should just stay you know what doesn't make sense
1: to me is the brother's love interest what, if she is so old, when, mm-hmm. when when she, you know, she dies when they leave the place. So if she knows the magic properties of this place, why would she leave it? Like, I don't get that. Yeah.
3: I don't get remember, it either. Is it
0: actually uh, magical, though? Is there, like, some ambiguity, ambiguity to whether it works or they're faking it? Oh, interesting. There's too much fluoride in the water. No, I,
3: I yeah. think, remember, <laughs> towards the very end, I remember she was talking about, you know, I'd rather face death out there than live another second here. Uh, so I yeah. think I think she knew about what was gonna happen and was like, Oh, we'll see how far I can get. At least I can die. Remember she's like, I'd rather die buried, in fact literally foreshadowing, like I can die buried in the snow out there, buried alive, than I would stay another minute here. And I was like, Oh utopia isn't working out for you. Oh, like <laughs> back to the mountains we go.
2: I do Let think me- that's an interesting point too, because they never address why she was unhappy there. Yeah. It's just like overlooked.
1: On that note about motivations, guys, what is the conflict in this movie? It, it, it is,
0: disappears. It's literally,
1: it's yeah, it's literally, do we leave paradise or not? And here's the problem with that: we never get a reason to think why, or yeah, there's no reason as to why they would leave to begin with. Other than, I guess, to go fight the good fight. Because that's what's going on, right? It's It's a convincing
0: paradise because there's zero conflict. So it makes for a really dull movie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There's no like, oh, well, there is
1: some people that we end up Mm -hmm. like uh, profiting off of or whatever. Which, Kylie, you have a point about that. Because that is is actually the case. But they don't bring it up.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, if we go into this, I mean, I will also say that the other – Like, the two clearly were supposed to be on that plane alone. The three that they brought with them, the paleontologist, the con man, and the other woman who's, like, deathly ill, are all misfits. Like, they're all people that weren't, like, they were late, they weren't really supposed to leave, but they left, they got away, and it's like, why would they, none of them have any reason to go back, like you said, because one of them is you know sick like socially she's gonna die and the other one's gonna if he leaves he goes to jail and then the other one clearly the third one doesn't have like a social life but he has friends there and so it's like why would he leave I, yeah, yeah. It just, but my, my point about the my issues with the whole dynamic of that village is that it doesn't it's just the whole it's it's so racist the whole thing because it's the like movie. if they had the tools to be able to build that sort of house for the white people why are why are they not building it for themselves like they would mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense they would totally build houses just like that for all of them why can't they all live in mansions why do the like the people that are supposed to be like the native people of shangri la live in like live as if it were like this you know set like they they're, like, un- they're not, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense that they would, in the first place, that with that ability to live and, like, create that sort of house that they would choose to live in, like, the houses that they do, which are basically yeah. like, and mm. depict them as, like, primitive, almost. But the other thing, too, is, like, the whole point that they make is, like, why, um, this priest that's, like, discover- discovered, which you didn't really discover it, but, like, discovered it for white people, um, Shinkawa, <laughs> for the Belgians right is that he is supposedly like educating them like that's and 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 his reward for that is they're going to serve him which is
3: already like
2: would never happen but like that's what they seem to try and like that's what they seem to be trying to sell but if he's educating them why like they've clearly he's been there for multiple generations so if he's educating them why are they still like trying to depict these people as if they're primitive and less than because they're not They're. i mean it doesn't make any sense they would be they're not they're, not, they're peop, they they're just so cartoonish the whole thing is ridiculous
3: exactly I, I couldn't, couldn't like couldn't agree Bernie. more with it no yeah couldn't right, so agree more with.
2: when i was watching that because i was like it's not yeah i was very upset because i was like it, there's no way that if they had the the abilities to build those sort of houses and live that sort of life and be that edge. like they they would do it for themselves it makes no sense <laughs> and they wouldn't well, serve him especially there's no paradise made up of half the people serving the other half the exactly like, yeah. like like That's that would be of a
1: paradise that would be the conflict is like these yeah. people claiming this is paradise and then it like then we get the perspective of the people that it's not paradise for and they're like can you please help us we're actually prisoners and they mm. try to like Overthrow the the kingdom from the from the invaders.
0: That would have been that, fun.
2: That's not what
1: happens. Yeah, that's that's not what
2: happens. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Literally, like.
2: You also, notice that like the house yeah. that the white people get to live in is on this huge mountain, sitting above a valley where all the other people live.
3: Uh, oh my goodness! Overlooking and the kingdom.
2: So, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like they're over. Not only the overlooking kingdom, but they're like trying to be physically higher than them. The entire no, it's, thing. It's, so it's like it's almost like it's trying not to be racist because it's like that white, I don't know, sympathy that was like it's, going around the 20s and 30s where they're trying to be helping
0: the mm-hmm. non-white,
2: like the people of color. But that's like you're not, you're just incredible, like even more racist.
3: Yeah, yeah. The movie's definitely it's it it's so it's funny. Like if if there was like a revolution or like class conflict, like there was going on in China at the time that this was filmed and made, the movie would have been so much more interesting. And through like a Marxist lens, which we don't have time for, I'm going to be very brief, is that like the, it's built very much for, it's a white utopia because the people, the indigenous population that's been there is there to serve them. And a lot of like George, the brother of Rob, is like upset. He wants to go back to like the civilized world because he's like, oh, this place is already exploited. This place is already filled. This place is already set up. You know, I need to go back to greed. I need to go back to doing all this stuff because the whole society's. It's funny because the whole society's ideas are built on bringing everybody together, moderation and all this. Yet the villagers live in simplicity and the rulers live in this great brutalist looking building (laughs) living on the top of the hill.
1: I can't tell you're you're nailing it Carter. And I can't tell, but I don't think this is the, the intention, but I can't tell if that's the point, if like the movie, because the movie makes it seem like based off the decision of the hero that he's like totally down with everything and that the people that is, that are ruling the utopia and keeping people oppressed like that they're right so that's kind of the problem here is that if he was making this message of like this allegory of like america of like you know yeah we're all equal here but we're not you know we're it's, it's like
3: how Yeah, it's like how rich people like to see class structure and understand it this is like a very romanticized idealized be like oh even the poor villagers have it nice we're teaching them English songs we're teaching Mm -hmm. them the English way
0: we're erasing their culture yeah we're all there's not a sad face on one of them they're all content
3: yeah they're they're all happy like it like one of my notes too was like this is for this one I was watching, I was like, this is the most annoying mission trip ever for a church. Like, this is oh. just, like, this is a mission trip on steroids. This is so bad.
0: Like, yeah, and We like, even missed the montage. There's, like, a scene where I think we're supposed to see a bunch of them be happy, and we just get happy music, and, like, Thomas Mitchell saying a couple things, but they still images. It could have been even worse than what we got. Oh,
2: yeah. my like, The other thing, we will get into this so later, but there's, like, a lot of things. Like, this is... This is probably, what, like an hour and a half, this film? It feels like longer, but I think that's all it is.
0: It's uh, it yeah. two hours, it, I think.
2: Is it two hours? The original cut, I think, was two like two hours. So there's a lot that we don't see. So I, I, yeah. I would not put it back. Fa- I think I have a, like a note in my notes that just says white savior complex.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's just a blueprint for Avatar.
1: Nailed <laughs> 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 it. All right. Do we, are we done talking about this movie? Would we like to move I on think, to someone There's more a couple of things ahead. I want to... I oh, go would... ahead, baby. Shoot.
2: So as the sole woman in this discussion, I would really like to talk about Sonia. So Sonia is the... Uh,
0: is she the main love interest? I
2: don't know I talk about her, but she's, she's, the, she's a white um, woman that's basically like the uh, love interest of our protagonist. And the the story behind her is that she, her family was out doing some sort of, I don't know, they were out on an expedition in the area when she was born. I don't know why that's the whole thing. She was just born why, in the snow? Right, <laughs> I don't know why as a pregnant person, like if you were pregnant, why you would go on that. Anyway, she was born, her parents died, and um they found her and brought her to Shangri-La, and she grew up there. And so there's a lot of things I want to note about her just because I do think it's interesting that you're seeing, like, this character in a 1930s film that, like, at least when she's introduced, is not displayed as a sexual object, which I do think is interesting to note. She's often wearing pants. She's very intelligent. She's not trying – like, th- it's just interesting and to see – watch a movie from this time that's, like, they're not trying to over-sexualize her. And she yeah. does
1: go skinny yeah. dipping. I though, was right. gonna say, yeah, I didn't I mean to kill saying, your trip, but.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. I will say that, but I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they, there's a really low bar. That's the problem.
3: mm mm-hmm. yeah. Like
2: really <laughs> yeah. But then the, this is the thing is like, that's what I was thinking when I was like, when we, when I was like first, the first scene when we watch it. And then they like shut me down because first of all she says that she's 30 she's not she's like 26 the actress so i don't know why they had to have a 26 year old playing 30 like if you're going to use someone in their 20s just say she's 20 something
1: yeah what an odd thing to like right
2: like they're intentionally it's like they're trying to say like she's 30 so they can be like oh you know we're not using a 20 something with a 40 it's like i'm fine if that's what you're gonna do but own it don't pretend like you're gonna
0: Use Maybe it. it's uh, Shangri goat law like aging, like how they age there. So
2: that could be it. That that's yeah. that's true. But the other it thing like too, yeah. is that there's like is just how condescending he is to when they're supposed to be flirting. I can't remember. Yeah, what can
3: can we chair. talk about like one of the turn-ons? Is he's literally choking her, like he like yeah. he's like, ah, come here, you, and he's just <laughs>
2: oh. right. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. And he's like calling, yeah, and he's calling her like a little, like basically a little girl and all this stuff. And it's yeah. like that's not attractive.
0: No, in the uh, in the skinny dipping scene, he just made a scarecrow. Was that supposed to like impress her? Oh, like he's like I was looking at her through the lost. bushes. Oh, yeah,
1: I forgot. I don't know about know what that. the fuck was going on.
0: He, like, grabs her clothes. I'm like, oh, I thought he was going to do a thing where it's like, oh, no, I'm going to take her clothes, and she has no choice but to get out naked. But then he just makes a weird scarecrow and leaves. I was like, what was that scene? Why did that Where did that he happen? get all those
1: like, oven mitts? There were so many <laughs> oven mitts.
2: what right. <laughs> and then he's like, it's, what does it say? Like, oh, hey, I was watching you naked. You should come. Yeah, that's
3: creepy. You what come
2: flirt fuck? with me later.
3: <laughs> so upsetting. Frank Capra, not, not an equality king.
2: I was stalking <laughs> So now we should, like, hang out.
1: There is some trouble. We'll get it. I know we're going to bring up the the Frank Capra burning the film reels and how that story is. It literally, scientifically, has to be bullshit. Because if not, there would have been an explosion we'd be talking about to this day.
2: (laughs) I'm really trying to... I'm just really trying hard to find something redeeming about this film just because Frank Capra worked so hard to do this and wanted this movie to happen so badly. And there's nothing. There's nothing redeeming about it.
0: There's one thing I enjoyed. I'll I'll go with it. Oh there. um, I really like the plane sequence. Like a lot of it, the scenes in that, like it, it looked like it heavily inspired Temple of Doom with the the passenger sleeping and the guy like rolling down the curtain to like make sure they're sleeping after they hijack the plane. But the sequence where they land, and they had that really quick, like, refill,
3: mm-hmm. I thought that
0: was, like, pretty exciting. Even though it made no sense why they, like, grab the weapons and spears. It's like, oh, they're going to get attacked. Oh, now they're filling it up. But I thought that was, like, pretty invigorating. But other than that, I oh. am fully on board of this also, I thought is,
1: they were going to set the plane yeah. on fire. What? Was, yeah. They started, like,
0: it was, pouring it on the wing. I was like, what are they <laughs> doing? <laughs> yeah, no, like, also heavy
3: Temple of Doom vibes. You're not the only one because it's, yeah. like, the big escape, except for they just don't get out in an inflatable raft. They just miraculously mm-hmm. land in the in the hills. But like, also, also both culturally yeah. insensitive. Oh, extremely. Yeah, I know. Both of them. <laughs> so, we can have seminars about like how fucking and, and you like, know what? Cultural Spiel- appropriation
1: Spielberg, Spielberg is still alive, so we can question him. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up. See if he comes on next episode. We'll, <laughs> we'll ask him about it.
3: Please, no more. No more. <laughs> no. It's funny because like that also you mean that'd be such a fun episode to tie this the temple of doom and be like all the problematic shit but like Mm -hmm. this was made for a 30s audience and back then nobody's questioning it this is this is the time of like when imperialism was kind of coming to an end this is the time of huge social change in china where they're literally pausing a civil war to fight japanese aggression and there's so much class people western people look at like what's going on in China is this big high adventure is it's crazy. Yes. You know, it's, 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 it's mysterious. It's wild, mm-hmm. but it's just so
1: and misinterpreted there's places, and
3: appropriated. And yeah. there's
1: places of bliss and they're so, they're so wise. And yeah, there's a review that I'm going to read for us later that, that like nails what you're talking about.
3: Exactly. Like, one last thing I'll say is that, like, this movie portrays Eastern values as somebody would lecturing about Minute Rice. Like, it's just so, (laughs) it's just so bad. It's just, it's so surface level, so cursory. And it's just, it feels like, like, definitely like like an old, like, serial film. Like, it's just, like, high adventure, this, that, in a foreign land. Uh, Like, and then the whole, like, savage trope of these people aren't civilized, yet this man from the outside came in to help them exploit the labor, get the bear, bear all of the fruits of it. It's ripe with it. I know it can't it's even give them
1: it can't even give them the credit. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm the one that made this. Like they, they didn't this shit wasn't set up. It's because of me.
3: Well that really wishes
1: it was that, communist.
2: That was the other thing too that I was gonna like bring up. Like that so this movie is so racist, right? That this white guy that's the leader of it, like the whatever you're gonna call it, the leader of their that king or whatever you're gonna call. It.
1: By the way, he's great in the Asphalt Jungle. Just throwing James that out
2: Cameron. there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like, Kelly.
2: He, they, they're, it's so racist that they can't find anyone in that entire village to take his place. That they have to hijack a plane.
1: Oh, my God. They to, <laughs>
2: to run it. Like, there's no one in that village. <laughs> that person to fill my shoes. i had a hundred years to figure it out.
1: You're right. This is the most, like, oh, like this This makes the Joker's plan in the Dark Knight make sense. Like, why would you have to do all this for one guy when you yeah. live in a village of people that obviously are worthy enough to live there because they live there? So Also, how do you I get also... that
0: pilot on board? He's like, okay, you're going to get him, you're going to hijack it, and then you're going to maybe kill yourself in the act to just crash land on the mountain where we will be waiting. Yep. What? Yeah, like what? <laughs> the screenplay
3: is bonkers the screenplay <laughs> is bonkers like and also like I just love Kylie bring up a great point it's like hey like I can't get by the village I'm just gonna go get this other colonizer I'm gonna go get this other diplomat soldier yep. Yep. straight up like I'm gonna go get this other guy who's built in my image this British man who the British Empire we all know is great at what they do in that realm and so like he was like you're perfect <laughs> it makes sense it's so upsetting but equally fascinating because it's just so
0: baffling. Yeah. yeah,
2: this is the point that you bring up, Gardner, too, is really interesting because it's like, yeah, that that really it just like is of the times because it really is like how people saw it back then. That mm. I mean, that's truly really what at, at least you know, Western audiences. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah.
3: it was just like, and some people even back then could have been like, oh, this is kind of a progressive image of like. Race relations of like a utopia, but like by today's oh standards, it just still doesn't cut no. it. Like, yeah, oh. especially with so many like new ideas popping up in the East, things like communism, things like socialism. In fact, it's really interesting. Part of this, in a recut in the fifties, part of it was cut down to ninety-two minutes for international release because people deemed the movie had too many like communist ideas, of like people coming together for a commune, and like I was talking about earlier, through like a Marxist lens, the film you you can dissect that way, but like it's still like, it's still a utopia or at least a communist utopia for white people or for upper class. Yep. Right. Because yeah. there was
1: people at the top that never did shit and just lived off the labor of everyone else.
2: Right. It's like, if you're white, this is a great place to live. You just get to live in a mansion and have people <sighs> you feel great. hand and foot, like worried right on you, hand and foot all the time. And it's like, that's great.
1: And the but the minorities cool. don't get a leader that represents them. They get another white person that comes that that is kidnapped into the the place
2: (laughs) right exactly and then they gotta like live in huts and farm and do (sighs) it and work like they're working
3: they're not like they're not it's
2: not like they i mean the white there's the whole grouping of all white people they're like sitting around all day doing literally nothing All those people in that village, all those villagers, they're either artisans or like farmer. They're all working all the time.
1: I don't think that the people ever worked. Even the ones that weren't supposed to be there, like the 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 archaeologists, they just chilled, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. They didn't work until they decided
2: to like pick up projects because they're bored.
3: Yeah. I'd be so depressed because I have nothing to do. I have no labor or you know natural benefits to like exploit i'm so bored i'm so tired that's literally why george wants to leave he's like i want to go back to the land of greed i want to
0: go back to individualism also doesn't the con man's like eyes like uh, his vision like heals he's like he's wearing some or glasses throughout the beginning and then like he just doesn't need them like he stops wearing them throughout the rest of the movie like why would this, you this is very
1: lost in loss at a uh, uh yeah one of the characters a wheelchair from, guy yeah he goes exactly yeah. he gets to walk again like 100 percent this i don't want to get too much into it because it, it'll bring up spoilers but yeah like this is definitely like loss comes from this 100 percent.
0: should we get into the trivia definitely hit us baby. Mm-hmm.
2: That would, Kelly, I mean, you want to go yeah so um i have a lot here because basically this was frank Capra's pa- passion project he Read the novel. I think when he was filming, it happened one night, and decided I'm going to make this. And uh, he overshot everything. So Capri used multiple cameras to cover every scene from several angles. And by the time shooting ended, he used 1.1 million feet of film,
1: which for back then, I'm sure, was
0: bananas.
2: To give you a gauge, so um, a total of 40 minutes of just the High Lama was filmed, and 12 minutes of that appear in the film wow filming took 100 days
3: that's so funny you say that because like most of the shots linger on just one static view like there's no there's no variety like it's yeah. just, he was just so nervous he's like uh, i'm gonna get everything from every angle but use one of those shots like
1: yeah but i'll use the same shot every time like the, <laughs> that one that one tripod over there with the 50 i'll just keep using that like
2: <laughs> the first cut was six hours long in the film And the studio considered releasing it in two parts because it was so long, but decided that that was was not logical. So Capra got it down to three and a half hours for the preview Um, and many walked out and those who remained laughed at sequences who were intended to be serious. So um, Capra, Capra was so upset, he fled, like he basically went on vacation and remained like in seclusion for several days and he burned the first two reels of the film. This is what I'm talking about is, yeah, yeah, like, well, go ahead. (laughs) Which
0: by the way, the film back
2: then is like nitrate film. So him burning film could have like, it could have been an explosion.
0: Is this this the first instance of like the crowd, (laughs) like treating a movie like cats and so bad it's good and like 1937 laughing at it instead of with it? I was thinking about that. Yeah, Kylie, that's why you gotta, you gotta check out the Dick Cavett clip.
1: Yeah, they talk about that. Mhm. Oh,
3: seriously? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: It it did wasn't released like in theaters until I mean, I think about a year after the original release.
3: Jesus.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: It took a while. Um and then like you said they tried to restore the film, but they made it shorter because of communism, and then they resorted it again. Uh, so the other fun fact is Harry Hoffman, the owner of a chain of theaters in, Down- in Denver, Colorado, built a replica of the monastery mansion depicted in the film as a private re- residence, and he called it Shangri-La, and it is still there. You can Zillow it. Wow. <laughs> Harry!
3: <laughs> and I it see does, you <laughs> Right,
2: and it does look like the house in the film.
3: You can Zillow it. Oh my god! That's, <laughs> That's everything the enough. High Lama wanted.
2: Be <laughs> um, yeah. And then what was it? Uh, I think you added some things, Charlie. I
0: added some things. Yeah, I'll have to say a couple. But I thought this was funny that it was writer J. D. Stallinger's favorite film, which is a man notorious for hating film. Like, I don't like, I just thought that was funny. And, and then and um, he
1: liked the, maybe one of the worst I've ever seen. Wow, is,
0: This is the, could be the only favorite movie of someone who hates film. Daius <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: Salinger and was then, just so cynical. he's like, "This is what I love.
0: <laughs> and then in 2016, it was um, preserved by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically and or aesthetically significant. So, those, I, don't know about that. I was also thinking. thinking
3: about that. And I was just like, is it like one of those things where it's like so crazy you have to keep it? Because it's like, yeah. Just, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, but if you ask them, they're like, oh, the reason we did it was to show people like how not to make a movie. Like, just don't <laughs> ever do this again.
2: <laughs> well, I, do I, mean, they, want, I think I about in my notes too. Like, they, and maybe this is why they felt like it was important or people liked it, but they do promote a lot of good ideas, unfortunately, in the film about. Um, I guess I want to say uh, about being peaceful, maybe.
3: Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, not yeah, I guess. To,
2: like they really hammer in this idea that in not Shangri La, people are so stressed out that they're diminishing their, you know, life, basically. Yeah. And I do and think that message is a good idea to keep in mind. I do think there's valid points to that and the idea that, like, being overreacting because that that's the thing is that like in a weird way like Ronald Coleman's character never really reacts to anything like when they're on the plane he's like well we can't do anything about it we can't control it so we should just relax which makes mm. him able to do all the things that he has to do in the film yeah. logically so that that's the one valid point
3: mm-hmm. true it's like 30s progressivism it's like you you mm-hmm. got the ideas execution's horrible but like some of the ideas are yes there. exactly.
0: Yes. uh let's see the box office there wasn't really much of a box office like kylie said but um i think it ended up costing the studio about four million to make and they did Ooh. say they made it w- back within five years so
1: okay. okay
0: yeah i'll take it are we doing the culture dive kylie or
2: we can yeah i do think um it's interesting to note that capra's father died in world war Mm one and with this movie sort of approaching um at the very least maybe not world war two yet i don't think so but definitely um the nazi party in germany i definitely can see why he was so attached to this idea of a of peace Mm -hmm. and anything anti-war i also find interesting that after it's after a year after the film was released there was a military conflict in china
1: Capra is just yeah. like, ah, if only my father had uh, landed, landed in Shangri-La and been the yeah. next Dalai Lama. What a, what a, what a he might what be, <laughs> <you> No. <know>. The
0: <laughs> funny thing, it's
3: so interesting Wishful though, because like the, <laughs> I wish, it's funny though, because like for a place like China, like you're right, it's about to, it's about to brew into conflict, but it had already been for like the past 10 years in the Chinese mm-hmm. civil war between the People's Republic led by Mao Zedong, led by the Chinese Communist Party, and against the Republic of China, um, led by like the constitutional monarchy. Like it's, you have a clash of cultures already happening and we're not really even sure who the villains are in the opening. When you open up, it's like it's told as a rebellion or something uh, of these citizens against the British. And so it's like told as like, oh, I don't know, I just thought it was fascinating how like, they don't really dive too much into the outside world besides being like, oh, the British are in plight, they're in peril.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's literally they're, they're the invaders and it's like, oh, we're in danger. Like, we're, help us, our poor souls. It's like, no, motherfuckers, you guys are the enemy. What?
2: (laughs) Exactly. And and it's like, they try to be a little bit sympathetic, like, even acknowledge it, but it's so pathetic. It's like, oh, that sucks for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that they
2: have to be stuck down there because they didn't do anything wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, A
2: couple of aggressive rebels so let's leave all those other peaceful people down there to be you know in the middle and, of warfare
1: and by the way the person that that is like made that call and is is good with all that is the guy that's supposedly the best foreign relations person britain britain has it's like jeez i'd hate to see like the other guys like, like what's the what's the bad ones look like you know <laughs> Uh, so, Kylie, I have a question. Did anyone die in the making of this motion picture?
2: You know, that would be a good question for Trollum.
0: Oh. Yeah, I, uh, no one did die, but I did find out that one of the uncredited actors, Hugh Buckler, died in, in a crash before the film came out. So he filmed like his three, two scenes. I think his son might have been in the car too, and they both, I think, died. So, bad beat. Do,
1: are you familiar with the story about the dry ice?
0: Oh, that it, I think that was on a different movie, though. But I'll, oh. I'll
3: talk about that. Oh, but, gotcha. Um,
0: Dick Cavett was so fascinated by how he made um, In Lost Rise and made it look like real, like, cold and, like, the breath and stuff. And he's like, how would you do that? And he was talking about on the previous film, his first thought was to put, like, um, dry ice or a substance in the person's mouth to emulate the cold. And then, like, one of the actors was like, fuck it, I'll just, like, do it right right now. And then he does it and he starts withering on the ground and like in soup, like in pain and like his stomach's like failing him for some reason. And they had to take him to the hospital where he almost died. And then he's like, then I had the second thought of just filming in a really cold place. Uh, <laughs> like was, like his, his second thought was just to go to the actual cold or like make a set with like a big freezer. But like, it, oh, I thought it was just such a weird way of like planning out that process. The, the, logic,
1: the logic, the logic is just yeah. astounding. This, okay, so let's go into Over Their Heads. This is a little long, but I think it's worth it. I think it's a good sort of conclusion to everything we've discussed made by a fellow, uh, fellow film reviewer. So let's, let's go here. Lost Horizon is essentially a Western without guns, but still manages to keep the foolish men, the girl to chase after, and a sanitized view of a home away from home. Shangri-La. All things an American Western encompasses. Except Shangri-La isn't the Wild West. It's an unrealistic and shallow Western view that Eastern culture is this perfect place of unity, peace, and tranquility. And to get away from all the Western issues of greed, manipulation brought on by terrible and honest men, all under an umbrella of the rising threat of fascism and communism, privileged men can just all hop on a plane and escape it all a western fantasy that equates that eradicating western issues is just a vacation away Capra is a tourist with his ideas it is a culture it is cultural appropriation in the worst way and the entire endeavor is overzealous and shallow as a film could be and all that is left is an undercooked love story led by an unlikable and smooth talk led by unlikable and smooth talking men though at least it looks like paradise (laughs) dude
3: <laughs> Chef's kiss. i know
1: like like holy shit they killed it man and then there, <laughs> there's a pretty crazy one that you got Trellum, that you found yeah right? could was, you please read that for us
0: the headline is show this to your children before it's too late uh, by point dexter millen 20 i was I uh, hear, i'll going into it i was probably seven years old when i saw this on tv and it had a powerful effect on me The search for Shangri-La, where everything was peaceful and beautiful. The wise and ancient High Lama who knew all the answers to all of life's mysteries. I knew right then that I would be following in the footsteps of Ronald Coleman. So yeah, I finally made it. I'm sitting here in the Valley of the Blue Moon writing this movie review and having all my needs attended to me by friendly Native girls. What a life. And I owe it all to being inspired by this great film when I was just a young and troubled nitwit. You should show it to your kids too, but... Do it while they're young, before they have seen too many action movies or video games, or else they might just roll their eyes and be bored with be bored by with the lack of explosions. In which case, you'll know it's already too late for them.
1: <sighs> Written by the grandfather of Kyle uh, Rittenhouse or whatever.
3: I know. What, is, what is the Valley oh of the God. Blue Moon?
2: <laughs> I really, do. I feel like that was made up. Like i serious.
1: Yeah, no, it's there's
3: no way it's yeah. <laughs> Ronald Coleman's son wrote this.
2: Like, some <laughs> movie, and they're like, what is the most ridiculous review I could write about this most ridiculous movie?
0: For sure. For sure. I'm looking at the Valley of the Blue Moon. It's a real place. Real place. Maybe they're there. Yeah. Maybe.
1: How about we get into some final questions?
2: So my um question, which we covered this a lot, but what about this was the most racist? Do you think?
0: <sighs> there's a lot, but there's like one scene on the plane. I don't it, like, you might have blinked and missed it, but like, I think one of the characters was drunk and the, they're talking about the indigenous people and he like, he said, like, they don't count or something. Like, oh he just straight up God. said that, Ooh. like, in the passing, I was like, oh, boy. Yes. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. That might have been the, like, most, uh, like, apparent, like, thing that I saw that was racist. Definitely one of the most up
3: front, like, that, yeah. it gets you early. Yeah.
2: I think for me it would be the in, live, live-in servers. Yeah. That's... That are dressed differently than the villagers.
3: <laughs> I know we all sh- we share this belief, but literally like the, the, the second page or whatever, like as soon as you see like 90 <laughs> white people, you're like, from today's perspective, you're like, oh boy, I, I'm buckling. I'm putting on my seatbelt. I'm just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, I'm putting on I'm my earmuffs. <laughs> I probably have to say, question, yeah.
2: Impromptu question. Is that what, what movie do you think is more racist than this?
3: Um, oh, there's a ooh. lot more.
0: Temple of Doom, you can have a nice duel with those guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Temple of Doom might actually be even more. Wow! Like yeah, actually, the more I think about it, Temple of Doom might even be more
0: straight up. Like, it's exactly. so We're ridiculous. Even... I think it's almost trying to parody like these kind of like serial action movies. Where like, but it's like still insane that they like did what they did.
1: Can I just make a small correction and say?
0: This was not an action movie, just to be clear. No, 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 <laughs> no. <not. laughs> no.
3: no. my son would have gotten bored with the lack of explosions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: I watched Metropolis and then this, and I was more entertained by Metropolis, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, would you stay in Shangri-La?
0: Definitely. <laughs> I
3: would. <laughs> I'd, leave, I'd leave the the, the Villager Uprising. <laughs> Yes, I was. I,
1: I wanted to say that, like, I I would stay and start a fucking revolution. Right,
3: arm the people, arm the populace, full revolution. Like, no more seize us. the means of production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full, full Marxist. Like, we're taking start, it back.
1: start the SRA Shangri La Rifle Association. <laughs> but the the SBA Bow Association. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this the the quote question or the sorry the critic question you guys have here about the piano oh my goodness
0: yeah. there's this okay there's this critic who loved this movie but he got really hung up on this like this one thing I even think about about a piano being there and, he's, and he just basically asking like, how did they get a piano up this footpath which can only have one person at a time and you need a rope and pickaxe pickaxe to get up do you have any explanation for that
2: I mean maybe can, they had ikea back then we don't know, I
0: don't know. can i just Old say- <laughs> parts, assembled in parts there we go the assembled the- bring one key at a time remember <laughs> that's what they were
3: waiting for for two years right it finally came <laughs> they
2: brought in like whoever is makes pianos and they're like let's have him let's have him make one and that'll be the one
3: i wonder
1: if this was their low-key way of protesting this movie because perhaps they they just thought their review wouldn't get published because right like the the mag the newspaper whatever he worked for they'd be like oh like what do you mean it's racist no it's not what are you talking about right so he like just started pointing out all these silly things about the movie to like talk shit about it but like in a non direct way you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> like an interesting way of protest but uh okay y'all. Do, oh, sorry, there's a few more questions. Do y'all want to hit on them? Or? Another
2: question. Um, if you could live in a house from any movie, which one? Oh, in any house. Oh.
0: I think I might go, it's not like very extravagant, but I just love it. And uh, the long goodbye, Philip Marlowe's like one bedroom, oh, small yeah. kitchen, That's Malibu a cool apartment. Place. Yeah, that's I a- just love the, like, elevator that goes up to it. He's got friendly neighbors. It just seems like the best. That's what I would say.
1: Like, okay, I would say that place, too, but can I get the neighbors as well? Are they part of the package? Yeah, like- I,
3: yeah I guess they come, too. <laughs> yeah, you now I can go get cat food all the time in really weird sequences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I feel that way? That's a good
1: question. All right. My wo- oh, sorry. Sorry, Gordon.
3: No, I was going to say, my mind immediately. I was gonna go like my mind immediately was like parasite basement. Then I was like, wait a minute. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> all
1: right, y'all. Gardner, it was it was so great to have you on, man. And uh, I'm sorry that your first time on the show, you had to experience this this movie. So, uh, but it comes with the job. So.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm all
3: the better for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Does anyone have any closing thoughts other than we? Uh, I'm gonna say we definitely don't recommend this.
0: I don't recommend, but Kylie, is there a house you'd pick? Oh, sorry, Kylie mm,
2: um that's hard um i I wrote this question too <laughs> <laughs> the worst part. um i there's a lot of houses I would pick. I definitely like the the thing is that like this house would be the house except that it's way too big for me, mm, but like yeah. the style, so if there's like a a smaller version of this house. <laughs> than
1: that well, oh. while we're out house shopping for ourselves we'll we'll figure out a way to accommodate you kylie actually you know what i think you might be able to just hit up the place in colorado
2: yeah i mean who knows when it'll be for sale. <laughs> i have the address so
1: <laughs> all right with that, be, <laughs> with that being with that being said uh we are signing off so ciao bye bye
3: bye everyone. <laughs>